ketones and ketosis, deadlifts, and 5 by 5 routines today on Body Performance. I'm Steve Carano. Welcome to Body Performance, the podcast designed to help you reach your weight loss, fitness, and bodybuilding goals. The three topics we're going to talk about today, ketones and ketosis, deadlifts, and 5 by 5 routines, must be karma because I was talking to a guy about these specific topics yesterday in the gym, and I also got emailed these three topics as well. Ketones are chemicals your liver makes. You produce them when you don't have enough insulin in your body to turn sugar or glucose into energy. Therefore, you then need another source of energy so your body uses fat instead. Your liver turns fat into ketones and sends them to your bloodstream to be used as energy. If you've ever talked to somebody in ketosis, their breath sort of has a funny, acrid smell to it. They say it's sweet, but I don't think so. It kind of stinks. That's because they're breathing off ketones. Also, if you give them a finger prick or you check their saliva or you check their pee, they're also peeing out ketones as well. And this is how they prove to you you're in ketosis. But even when you're in ketosis, you're not completely burning fats fully. You're still burning a little bit of carbohydrates, which is okay. But also to throw a monkey wrench in the works, when you are aerobic, meaning when you're walking around all day long, you are burning fat. How do I know this? Because you burn fat in the presence of oxygen. And when you run out of oxygen, you become anaerobic and you can only go for so long. Because when you're anaerobic, your muscles begin to burn and hurt like when you're lifting weights or doing sit-ups. So you're not like that all day long. You're taking in plenty of oxygen, and then you're using fat as an energy source. And that extra oxygen allows you to get rid of the waste products, meaning as carbon dioxide and as water or urine. This is how you know you're aerobic. You can go forever because you're utilizing fat in the presence of oxygen as an energy source. But let's talk more about ketosis. Ketosis can be defined as a metabolic state characterized by raised levels of ketones in the body tissues, which is typically pathologically in conditions such as diabetes, or maybe the consequence of a diet that is very low in carbohydrates. So now you have sort of a definition of ketones and ketosis. It has a variety of health benefits. You know, it helps you lose weight. It'll lower your blood sugar. And it actually does help reduce seizures in some epileptic children. Uh, a ketogenic diet could also cause lower blood pressure, kidney stones because you're taking in so much additional protein, constipation because you're not taking in additional fiber in the form of fruits and vegetables, and also nutrient deficiencies and possibly a risk of heart attack because you're taking in so much saturated fats from animals. Why would it cause nutrient deficiencies? Because you're not eating fruits and vegetables. You always hear people say, well, you can't eat any fruits because that'll take you out of ketosis. Well, fruits are just not that high in sugar and they're just not that high in calories. And many of those calories are bound up in fiber that we don't digest. It passes through us. Same thing with vegetables. So if you take fruits and vegetables out of your diet, you are not going to get as many nutrients as you need. 
Even Dr. Atkins knew this. He was the so-called inventor of the Atkins diet back in the 70s and the 80s, and he realized that people need fruits and vegetables in their diets, and he added them back to the low-carb diet that he generated or created or made famous uh, before he died from a head injury sustained from a fall. But what people don't realize is that low-carb diets have been around since the 1800s, They were accidentally discovered in 1862 by an English funeral director named William Banting, who lost 50 pounds on a diet of meat because he was overweight. He was looking for a way to lose weight, stopped eating sugars, and boom, the low-carb diet was invented. So as much as I don't want to make any of you paleo CrossFitters upset, you guys didn't invent this diet craze, and you're 150 years late to the party. Now, just for shits and giggles, I googled ketosis or ketogenic diets, and they gave me some astounding information. Here's the foods you should avoid. Sugary drinks like colas, most pizzas, most fruit juices, sweetened breakfast cereals, fried foods, pastries, cookies, and cakes, and then french fries and potato chips. I'll also add alcohol, because those are made of sugars. And now, amazingly, we have an incredible new diet. You know what the hell that sounds like? That just sounds like healthy eating. And where have I heard that before? So just to summarize, ketones are alternative fuels for the body that are made when glucose is in short supply. They are made in the liver from the breakdown of fats Ketones are formed when there's not enough sugar or glucose to supply the body's fuel needs, and this can occur overnight or during dieting or fasting. Now, you need to decide if this diet is for you. If it is, great, have at it. If you're an athlete, I got to forewarn you that your performance is going to suffer. I'm not talking about somebody who walks in the mall. I'm not talking about somebody who goes to the gym and kind of goes through the motions of lifting weights and kind of being on the elliptical. I'm talking about a full-blown athlete that leaves it at the gym or out on the track or on the cardio machines each and every day. Somebody who is pushing their max. You are definitely going to notice a decline in your performance that will not come back until you begin to eat carbohydrates. Because remember this, the body runs best and primarily on sugars. And sugars are utilized quickly and easily in the body. It takes some time to break down that fat and convert it into usable ketones. Whereas when you eat sugar or carbohydrates, it's ready to use. So your performance is going to take a nosedive when you take carbohydrates out of your diet, especially if you were performing at a high level because you also need carbohydrates for recovery. They also help with replenishment of sugar from the carbohydrates you use during your workout, and the carbohydrates are used as an energy source to put the protein you eat to use to help build muscle. So yes, you need carbohydrates as much as you need protein to help you build muscle. Yes, call the Pope and the National Enquirer and People Magazine. Steve Tarano just said, you need carbohydrates to build muscle. Deadlifts. People always want to include deadlifts in their workouts. They are not a great exercise. Powerlifters aside, because powerlifting is 
bench press, squat, and deadlift. And most power lifters do deadlifts well. But the average ham and egger in the gym does not do deadlifts correctly. And they also put tremendous pressure on the spine, even if you're a power lifter. If you've ever watched somebody deadlift and watch them from the side as they grab the bar, they get ready to deadlift the weight, their legs tighten and flex, their ass goes up in the air, and then the bar begins to come off the ground. So their ass goes up first and their shoulders come up second. That's not the way deadlifts occur. The back should be flat and either the ass and the shoulders should come up together or for great deadlifters, the shoulders come up first and then the legs and the ass come up second. It's almost imperceptible. It's a subtle change, but it's a definite change. And you can see it in people who can't deadlift or don't deadlift correctly. I mean, they get the weight off the floor, but you can look at the tremendous amount of force that is being generated on their lower back and spine. And this is why it is not a great exercise. It's not very good for leg development. You're not doing many reps and you're not doing very deep reps. They're very hard to do. You got to get the bar past your knees, which is hanging over the bar as you're standing in front of the bar. It's not a good exercise for your back because you're not pulling your arms down or inward. It's not even a great exercise for traps because you just hold the bar. You're not even shrugging. The only reason I can think of that guys like doing deadlifts is it seems kind of manly. Aren't you deadlifting today? And the fact that they think it's going to generate additional testosterone, just like they think doing legs is going to generate additional testosterone. Doing legs and possibly deadlifting will produce some testosterone. Heavy weightlifting does that in general. And doing large muscle groups is going to have a more systemic effect on the body, like legs, versus doing shoulders or biceps. But it's not going to make any type of visible change in your body. You're not going to all of a sudden start squatting or deadlifting and have your arms and chest get bigger. I always tell guys, if you think squatting is helping your bench press, stop bench pressing for a week or a month and just squat and then come back and tell me if your bench press is any better. I'll give you a hint. It won't be. You want a big bench press? Bench press. Heavy training in general will help with testosterone production, but it's certainly not going to be an anabolic effect like taking testosterone or any anabolic steroid. That's for sure. If you want to deadlift, have at it. But let me give you a suggestion. If you want to do some type of deadlift for hamstrings and glutes, you can do a partial deadlift, and it's an excellent exercise for glutes and hamstrings. Here's how it's done, and I've mentioned this in previous podcasts. If you want to do this exercise, it's sort of a modified stiff-legged deadlift. You pull the bar out of the rack not off the floor. So now you're standing there at arm's length with the bar in your hand. The bar should then be lowered to just the top of the knees while your legs are slightly bent. Now there's not a lot of movement in this exercise and that's so it hits the hamstrings and the glutes and doesn't incorporate the lower back. In this case, when performed like this, again, you're standing straight up, you lower the bar to your knees, your legs are slightly bent, or they begin to bend as you lower the bar, and then you stand straight up again. You can handle heavier weight because the strain on the lower back is removed. 
you have much better leverage and there isn't a lot of movement in this exercise and the focus is primarily on the glutes and the hamstrings, which are very strong muscles. It doesn't totally eliminate the risk of a lower back injury, but it definitely minimizes it compared to picking the bar up off the floor. Let's talk about five by five routines. That means five sets at five reps. I'm not sure how this became popular. Maybe it just looks good, five by five or four by four. There is no magic number of sets or reps to get you big and strong. You always want to lift with intensity, whether it's a light day, a medium day, or a heavy day. Now, what does lifting with intensity mean? It means that the reps are hard to complete, whether you're doing 10 to 15 reps that day, six to eight reps that day, or just four to five reps that day. You have to make those sets and reps hard to complete. So it does you no good if you do five by five and they're easy or eight to 10 or 10 to 12 and they're simple to complete. That doesn't cause the necessary strain on the muscle. It doesn't create the necessary growth, but there's no magic to five by five. If you're feeling great that day, you might warm up, do a heavy set of six to eight and then go, wow, let's really increase the weight and I'll do some sets with one to two reps or three to four reps on bench press or let's say squat. Rarely do you do just one rep of curls or one rep of pull downs. But somehow, again, this gets incorporated into five by five. And I think this is where the squatting, the deadlifting and the bench come in. People think in terms of, oh, I'm going to squat, bench and deadlift and we'll do five sets of five reps. But you can't just do that for back or biceps. You need a little bit more Same thing with chest, legs, and deadlift. You need a little bit more than just five by five some days. So on the days you're feeling great, you might say, today's the day I'm going to lift heavy. Or you might say, I feel great today, but let me back it down so I'm lifting medium heavy and see how many reps I can get with this little lighter weight. So instead of bench pressing 385 for five sets of five, you might go, Let's just go with something really light like 315 and see if I can get, uh, you know, four sets of eight. The important thing is, is that you're putting in effort, doing enough exercises and completing enough sets to cause some change in the body. And when people get hypnotized by the number, oh, five by five, oh, well, we should do four by four and then three by three and then six by six. And then they get lulled into the fact that there's some type of magic number of sets and a magic number of reps. I've worked out with guys who did like seven exercises. And I'm like, if we have this much energy to do seven exercises, we're not working hard enough on the first six. Why don't we just cut this down to like three, maybe four exercises, leave it all on the table and call it a day. But if we're going to use every piece of equipment in the gym, We're not putting out enough energy to cause enough muscular change to make us big and huge. It becomes an endurance exercise. Now, five by five is not necessarily endurance numbers, but you get the point. There isn't a specific number of sets, reps, and exercises that are going to make you big and strong. It's consistent, hard, intense lifting on an ongoing basis. Some weeks you'll feel great. Some weeks you'll feel a little worn out. Some weeks you'll feel tired. But on those weeks, you feel a little tired or worn out, you lighten the weight, you take away the chance of injury, and then you go with more reps. But those reps and sets are intense. They cause 
muscular growth, changes in the muscle, and help keep you strong as well. I hope that answers some questions. I'm trying to keep these podcasts short, so they're just small snippets of information, so you don't have to listen to 45 or 60 minutes of information. Who's got that kind of time nowadays? People barely have the attention for 10 seconds, let alone for 60 minutes. If you got a question, hit me up on Instagram at Body Performance Help. You can email me through Facebook. You can email me directly at strano at outlook.com. As always, I'm more than happy to help anybody achieve their weight loss and fitness goals. If you have a question, hit me up. If you would, pass along my podcast to a friend. They might need some help as well. I'm Steve Torano, and this is Body Performance. Oh,